So that was the first slide updated to foundation 06, alphabets and words. Just now, did I see Ruth trying to enter? Is she in already? Okay, so this is the title, Understanding the Hebrew Word Elohim. Okay. Imagine if... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to imagine. Okay, please be more alert, okay? All of you, okay? So that this don't happen again. Because sometimes I thought, yes, I may have uh, missed out that one. You, you all remind me. So Genesis 1.1. So you all know that HMD always got slides. <laughs> so far, if there's no slides, I will tell you there's no slides for today. All right, otherwise there will be slides, okay? In the beginning, God created. Okay, so God, Elohim. Elohim, okay, we will come into the letters soon, right? Basically means ruler, judge, divine ones, angels. It means the supreme God. Okay, and it can, it's a plural here, translated. So now this is the letters. Anyone can tell me what the letters are? Oh, I put there already. <laughs> okay. Translated. Ali, I, okay. Yeah. A, U, and Okay. Translated into English, the word is God. So Elohim is a, uh, translated, it just means God. Okay, in like either capital or lower G and can either refer to Yahweh God, L or to even human. So it's Hebrew language, okay? It's a Hebrew word to say, to describe God. So like we say God can be small G, right? It can be any God. That means it's just a higher being. So this is not the name of Yahweh. All right, our God's name is Yahweh, but it is one of his titles. It is God. All right. So in Hebrew script, the letters are Aleph, Lamed, He, Yud, and Mem. Okay, we will go and understand all this. The root word of Elohim is El, and it's used numerous times in the scriptures to refer to Yahweh God. This root word is composed of two letters, Aleph and Lamed. Okay, that's why when you, uh, maybe on and off, or we'll get you all to, to talk again on the letters. You, you just need to understand the letter and speak on the letter or the alphabet, what it means. Okay, so L, right, make this bigger a bit. Aleph, L is Aleph and Lamed. So L is God. Elohim, I'll tell you what it is, is a plural, okay? So God, Aleph, and uh, Lamed. So Aleph is the Hebrew word for ox, bull, it speaks of strength, leader, or the first main thing. Uh, there are many others, but this is the main meaning of Aleph in Hebrew. Then Lamed is the shepherd's staff, uh, what is this? Cattle goat produce control, speaks of authority. So a shepherd must have a staff <laughs> called a shepherd's staff. It represents their authority. So if you say, I'm a shepherd, I got no staff. <laughs> then you go to New Zealand or go anywhere where there's sheep, 
then you see a shepherd. All the real shepherds will have a staff. So if you, have, you are a shepherd spiritually, you have a staff, which is a, which represents the meaning of authority. That's so why if believers don't exercise their authority or don't, don't even know their authority, they will always be sheep. You want to be sheep for how long? Or you want to be after you graduate, you know, from sheep, you'll always be a sheep to, to Jesus, our the great shepherd. But you become a shepherd. So that's where I'm training you guys to be shepherds. Okay, not just uh, 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 in the in the corporate world, uh, a leader or so forth. A shepherd in the spiritual world is about shepherd because Jesus is the good shepherd. So he produced shepherds. Okay, shepherds have authority. See, authority as well. A shepherd is a very confident person. The real shepherd taking care of sheep. Can you imagine the shepherd? The sheep is the one chase the shepherd around. <laughs> the shepherd take the staff and then oh, the sheep chase them around. The shepherd, they quiet sheep. Uh, don't know what to tell the sheep. No authority. The sheep got eaten by a, 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 a tiger or a lion and then the shepherd, oh, very scared. Don't know how to chase away the lion. You can see in David's story, right? As a shepherd. So the shepherd has authority. <clears throat> And the Aleph, the ox, is the one of strength. Okay, interesting today one I didn't put in the slides. So just check on it this morning as I prayed. Uh, to why the ox represent an animal of strength. Okay, Aleph, why we all learn Aleph is strong, strength. Okay, what is the strongest? I just found it in Google. Okay, what is the strongest animal that can pull heavy things? So when I put what is the strongest animal, they put down elephant. <laughs> okay, I don't know how many thousand muscles. Fine. Then I check a little bit more about that. And then this came out. The strongest animal that can pull heavy things is the ox. The musk ox. There's a reason for this popular saying, as strong as an ox. Because an ox can pull and carry something 900 kg. It's very not a very big animal like an elephant, but it can pull and carry something 900 kg, 1.5 times its body weight across rugged terrain. Tiger can only carry 550 kg. So what it speaks to me, Jesus is our, this is our burdens, right? Jesus carried the burden of the world. There's a, there's a song that says the, the, if, if he can carry the burden of uh, the, the world on his shoulders, how can he, he can also carry me? I don't know whether you all know the song. He can carry the weight of the world on his shoulders. My, my children or my son and my uh, uh, he can also carry you. This is the ox. This is God. Right? With the strength. This is Aleph. Whatever we go through in life, no matter how heavy the burden, our God can carry us, Jesus. That's why the picture of Aleph 
is the picture of the ox. God is strong, first, strong, and second, authority. He has authority. He is, has the shepherd's staff. That's why the word L there. Okay? Aleph and Lamed. Because this, remember, is going to do something for your life. Today is how this understanding of who God, who Elohim is, or who God, or what is God, who is God, going to change your life or affect your life. All right. A little bit more. Look at this ox head. All right. Strength, authority, and the staff. So the root uh, in the Strong's Concordance with the Hebrew is the chief. Okay, that's Aleph. So when you talk about Aleph, don't talk about it as like uh, teaching ABCD or teaching uh, uh, the uh, Japanese language. This Aleph is God, very powerful. <laughs> okay, he is the first. Okay, that's why if he's not real in your life, you're not able to bring out all right, these truths from the depths of your heart. You'll only be able to bring out a knowledge of Aleph ABCD. Okay, but when you realize these characteristics and the power of the Hebrew letter of which, which talks about God, who he is, it's different. Your life also changed. The way you bring it out also different. Okay, he's strong. He's the first. Then the staff of authority. Okay, the strong one with authority. That's what, mighty one. The high owner of the sky and the land. Genesis fourteen nineteen. I didn't put it down, but Genesis fourteen nineteen is about the God of Abraham, who is the Abram, the possessor of heaven and earth. That is Genesis 14.19. How do you see this verse? Oh, okay. Just another word in the Bible. See it. The one who possessed the whole heaven and the whole earth is the God of Abraham. The L-O-L. It ought to bring an awesomeness to you, to your whole being. All right? We are such a little minute person inside this whole big universe. And... Who is the one who own it? It's El. It's the God, Elohim. Okay? God who owns the sky and the land. So why are we scared when we are up in the sky in the aeroplane? It won't crash. <laughs> okay? Why are we scared when we are down there? Right? On this earth. He owns this whole thing. Why are we scared? You got no money. He, if you see that Aleph, El, or Elohim, Owns the whole heaven and the earth. It ought to do something in our lives. He is my strength. The Aleph, the Elohim, is my strength and power in 2 Samuel. Rescue me, for you are my God. You are my Elohim. Okay, applicable to our daily life. If there is anything that you know we need to be rescued, Elohim can rescue you. Not Superman, <laughs> not Spider-Man, right? What other things we, we get to rescue us? Not your boss. Certain things he cannot do. Okay, Elohim can. God, because he owns the sky and the land and he is this full of strength and power. He can rescue you. That's what Isaiah 44 
17. And let me just read it for you, okay? Genesis 30, 5, 11. I am El of Shaddai. What does that mean? I am God of Shaddai. That's why this meditation, why we read and then we feel sometimes, oh, we're just saying you are God and all that and it doesn't go anything. There's no revelation of who is your God. Okay? Genesis 35, uh, 11 is about let it let me read to you this one is not in the slide and god said to him to who to jacob your name is jacob your name shall not be called jacob anymore but israel shall be your name so he called his name there was a time this is this verse is about the time that god changed jacob's name to israel so he called his name israel and god elohim right l or l said to him i am god almighty what did God say to him? I am God Almighty. For him, then it says, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you and kings shall come from your body. The land which I give Abraham, gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you and to your descendants, I give this land. First, God declare who he is. I am God, which is the highest being, all right? The, the being that is supreme, supreme being, greater than man. And then Almighty, which is Shaddai. That's why it's called El Shaddai, Almighty God. And then only God tells him, now because I am Almighty, I am the God, the supreme being of this universe, now, my, I declare to you, I decree that you, Jacob, can be fruitful and multiply into a nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you. Kings shall come from your body. Have you heard God telling you, I'm El Shaddai? Really? <laughs> or you have just know that okay god is el shaddai if you heard him telling you el shaddai what will you be doing you'll be jumping out of your seat and going out ready to preach the gospel <laughs> because el shaddai means god almighty that means everything in this world is subject to him even i have not fully got this don't believe anyone there we have a certain preachers teach uh, uh, uh servants of god have got this that's why they go out and preach the gospel until they're killed. Also, it's okay because God Almighty is the one who sent them out. Today, go to speak to the neighbor also very scared. <laughs> and you say you have God Almighty, right? That means we don't have a revelation. So when you read God's word, when you read this word in your Bible, okay, it may not be, it's not in the slide. Better is not in the slide, right? Go and look for it in the Bible. Do you see God speaking to you? I'm God Almighty, or has it been we have been so in religion for such a long time that this word does not mean anything to us? Almighty doesn't mean anything to us. Because to us, what is almighty? The paycheck is almighty. 
your boss is almighty. If your boss did not go work, the almighty boss didn't give you your salary. All our life revolve around the physical world. So when we read the Bible, it doesn't do anything for us, right? But what it does, okay, for uh, Jacob, Jacob was supposed to change his name, all right, or God changed his name to Israel. But he declared to him that he is God Almighty first. See, what is the meaning of Israel? Israel means in the Hebrew, God prevails. Okay? God prevails. That means God is Almighty, right? Against any other being on this planet or even in the universe, he is the greatest one. He prevailed. That means he wins. He is number one. That's why Aleph is number one. And then he, he, Israel means God prevails first. Who is the God of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He is the Almighty One, El Shaddai, the self sufficient one, self existing. He will rule as God. That means Jacob changing his name to Israel, which says that God prevails in Israel's name. It means God prevails. God is the greatest. And Israel will rule as God. Israel will rule as God. You don't get it? That means Israel will become a nation that is uh, superior to all the other nations because they will rule as God, as a higher being, a creator, a greater being, a powerful being. Okay? That's why Israel stand out today and why the enemies of Israel, basically behind Satan and all the, uh, East, uh, the uh, Middle East countries are still attacking Israel to push Israel out of the map because Israel represents Almighty God. If Israel no longer exists, there is no almighty God. So simple. But they cannot do it. Except the early, early time because of uh, their own sin, right? Israel had to be dispersed for the Jews. But God's plan followed accordingly. The Lord gathered them together. Israel was formed as a nation in pursuant to this word that God gave to Jacob. The beginning of Israel is when Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Before the whole nation, before he started to give birth, all that it already was born in the spirit by the word of God. When God declared to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply from you. you will, be, will come out nation, nations will proceed from you and you will rule. You means the nation of Israel will rule with as God. That's why they are so great and superior today. They are like invincible, small group of nation, a small people in numbers, but nobody can wipe them out of the map of this world. Okay, Take, keep this in mind. This is who the Jews were. So God is so good to bring us to have a deeper understanding of the Jewish nation, of who God is. In, the, in relation to us 
as new creation, sons and daughters of God, who have gone so low in understanding and manifesting the God of this world, the creator of the heaven and the earth. <clears throat> so remember, Israel means God prevails and they will rule as God. Okay, for us today, we are so uh, familiar with that verse, Romans 5.17. Anyone knows the verse? Ah, y'all don't know, man. <laughs> Why y'all look so blind? Must talk, huh? If y'all don't talk, huh? Da, 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 da. And then at the end of the day, what y'all learn, don't know. All. <laughs> hey, anyone knows Hebrews? As, uh, uh, Romans 5.17? You don't know the exact word for word, never mind. As a, as, at least what the main thing that come out from, from that verse, from the word, is for the new creation, you and me. One man death caused all to die. So one man uh, uh, righteousness caused all to be righteous. Okay. It says that, right? By those who have received through Jesus, those who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall rule and reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So, isn't our reinstated life or position similar to that of the Jews of Israel? We are to rule and reign as kings in life. And that was given to Israel. Israel means prince. It means ruler. It means God prevails. And then how to rule? Rule as God. Rule like God, having the power of God. So today... Isn't that what you want to be real in love? When I see God's word, I have shared with you all before. To me, each time I read the word of God, I say, this must happen in my life. If I'm not yet, I will learn and learn and learn and seek God until this happens. I'm not satisfied. I'm not uh, at the same time depressed because it hasn't happened. But I said, if this is in the Bible, it happens to the, whether it happened to the Jews or to the New Testament people and to all these preachers, then Lord, I have within me the potential for it to happen as well. To live this ruling and reigning in life, overcoming life. Okay? So this is L. L. Man, Israel, that nation that God chose, was supposed to rule and reign like God. The word L in Hebrew represents the idea of one who is strong and has authority or a strong and one with great authority. Have you really seen our God as one who is strong and have great authority? Think of it in our everyday life. Has he authority to heal? Does he have authority over sin? over that old nature of ours? Does he have authority to bless you more? Okay. That's why to me, anything that is not applied, not real in our life, doesn't make, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. Why, why would I want to learn God's word 
if I'm not going to apply it, I'm not going to see it in my life. The strong one, L, all right? The one with great authority. So that, for now, for up to here, you are still learning about this God that all of you have come to believe in. Have once upon a time said, acknowledge and said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. And since then, have you seen him as the strong one? The greatest, the strongest one. It can, that means in every situation of our life, he can bear, help us bear it. He can solve every problem. Okay? And he has also the authority to do it. The original Hebrew symbol for the letter Aleph is a symbol of an ox head. It represents strength, force, power. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power. Why are Christians so weak? Ask these questions not with condemnation, but ask it because how, why am I not living that life that is supposed to be, <laughs> you know, for me? This is the God. This is your God. Are you just satisfied? He, you know, he's the God of uh, Stephanie or he's the God of uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> why not? This God, Elohim, uh, El, who is so powerful, who did all the miracle signs and wonders, and in Christ, do they transform lives and turn the world upside down? He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He never changed. So that means he can be as real as he was in the Bible days, as well as today, in your day, in my day, in 2022. Force and power. The original Hebrew symbol for the letter Lamet looks like a J and is a symbol of the shepherd's staff. Okay, please do not take this as hate knowledge only. Huh? <laughs> Get it into your spirit today, okay? Otherwise, you all can teach. One is a Aleph, is an ox, and that is a, this one. Let the Holy Spirit bring it into your heart that this authority is who our God is who can have the authority to shepherd. You have an authority. You go to the doctor. The doctor has an authority. That's why you go to the doctor. You go to the, uh, what other things we go to, whatever profession, because they have the ability and the authority. But God has ability and authority in every area of life. The staff represents the shepherd of a flock who has authority over the sheep who are entrusted to him. Ah, that means we can. Authority, that means you can speak to the sheep. Come back. That's why meditation and confession, we speak God's word, God's life to ourselves, to our surrounding, to our bodies. Elijah keeps speaking to your body. is healed. Take up that authority. Okay? The lamet, which is from the word lamet, meaning teach. Okay? So in the Hebrew, lamet also means teach but it's symbolized by a shepherd's staff as in instructing and correcting. So in order to have the authority, spiritual authority, we need to have God's word, right? God teaching us. Jesus as the Holy Spirit, as the greatest teacher. The word as the teaching, right? We are always learning. Jesus came and he taught the people. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, he's always, when he started his ministry at 32, 30, then he began to, every time you will see, and Jesus sat down and taught his disciples. He sat down and taught his disciples. Everything he teach them. When he passed through a camel, he was teaching them using 
the normal things of life, physical world, to teach them something about the spiritual world. Which they were so ignorant of, right? I'm not born again. But he was with them. See? The word was with them. The word lived amongst them. Jesus lived amongst them. Today we have the word with us. But we need to put it, the Bible is all inside there. We have Jesus, the person of course, that you have all received. And then all about Jesus is inside the word. And the word is supposed to be hid in our heart, huh? not in our mind. So from the word, is a, uh, from the word lamet, is about teaching as instructing and correcting. Okay, the word of God will instruct us and will correct us. Symbolized by the staff, for the shepherd uses his staff to lead and keep his sheep in check. So first you have Jesus as the great shepherd, God, L, as the strength, the, the strong one, powerful one, and the shepherd who is teaching us. But are we going to the teacher? <laughs> okay, so it's good where you are here already. That's why I encourage you all now, even go further, go deeper. Go into your daily walk with him. All right. And let him teach you. Let Holy Spirit teach you with the word of God, with Jesus, with the word. Let the word become alive and let him speak to you. I am Rebecca. I am God Almighty. Wow. And then you just let that word strike you and come to life. But in order to let it happen, Remember, we need to take the time. Yeah? Take the time to sit down with God. When you see who is our God, you don't want to miss it. It's just like suddenly you know the most powerful man on earth. You can have access to his teaching. You can have access to, uh, to his power. We will probably take one year's leave to go and sit under this great teacher. But now, this great teacher don't need you to take one year's leave. Just need to you put aside a certain time of the day to come to him and learn of him. Jesus said, Come to me and learn of me. Learn of me, for I'm I'm meek, I'm humble. I'm going to teach you, teach you a lot of things about the kingdom, the realm of the spirit, and who you are, who God is. That is the lament. And I have the authority. Jesus said, Go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit, and lo, I'll be with you. Always, yeah, I have uh, all authority is given unto me. You are serving a God with authority. That's why Jesus said, You can cast out devils, you can speak with new tongues. This is our God, this is our L. All right, He is the one who guides. Holy Spirit came here to guide us. It's so wonderful. We need we can know Holy Spirit, we can know Father Jesus and Holy Spirit. We got the GPS. But if you don't use your GPS, you might get lost, correct? In a place that you don't know if you are, if you are driving. But we have the spiritual GPS, our guide, and we don't even know how to hear his voice. This is to provoke you, not to condemn you. <laughs> I, my job is to provoke you. Provoke you to want to know him. Provoke you to go close to him. There's no more condemnation. No point condemning, all right? But provoke you, right, to want to go and look for this, the master, sit down at his feet, learn from him, learn to hear Holy Spirit through devotion, to teaching, to your own time with the Lord. 
guidance tending to the flock, instrument used to teach or discipline. That's the shepherd staff, like a rudder to steer. All right, he will point you to the right way. That is the shepherd. So that one day you can point others to the right way. So together, Aleph and Lamet come together to form the idea of a strong authority or a strong one who has authority. So all these people who uh, write about these Hebrew words and Hebrew letters, some of it I take, some of it I just tell you. They put like that to form the idea of, it's because it is not a, a, a standard thing that this equals to this. So when they study these uh, scholars, right, they can only say that this is what comes up from the understanding of the word Aleph, what comes up from the understanding of the word Alameh. Okay? From the root word El comes the word Eloha, translated into English as God, and the plural form Elohim. So El is single, singular, God, which, which uh, formed by the two letters, Aleph and Lameh. And then Elohim is the plural, translated as gods. Remember plural, right? More than one. Yahweh is Elohim. There are plenty of places in the scriptures. This one is an, an extract where Yahweh is referred to as Elohim, but why the plural form is used. One perspective says that using the plural form better represents the threefold uh, nature of Yahweh. So why Elohim created? Why plural? All right, in certain uh, I'm El Shaddai, that's singular, that God says, right? But this one is, in the beginning, Elohim created. Because you have Elohim is God the Father, plural, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you can see all three together at creation. Okay? But they are one. Aleph is one. So this is something Trinity may be very a little bit difficult to understand. Because if we can understand, then we are better than God already, okay? So this is a part of God that we will never understand. Maybe we go to heaven and can ask, uh, ask God himself. One, so it is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It speaks of also stronger union, all right, and authority. God is triune, triune entity, more powerful than any other being that has power, three in one. Humans are sometimes referred to as Elohim. So Elohim is not just referred to our God or Yahweh God. Okay, Elohim is a Hebrew word for gods. Okay, so when it can sometimes refer to Yahweh, sometimes refer to just humans. I have said in Psalms 82, you are gods, Elohim, and all of you are children of the Most High. I guess this is where the New Age must have taken uh, this verse and interpreted themselves that, that man is God. Okay, in a sense, it has this meaning. So you understand why, where it comes from. That man is God, can be God. God just means, God just means a powerful being. Okay, a powerful being. So we can see in, I will explain a little bit more, we'll come to a very, very interesting about this part, about man uh, being God or wanting to be God. Because actually, God created man in the image of God, right? In, in the garden. This thing must strike you. 
If not, uh, your whole life you will live just a normal human being. If you don't understand that when God created man, you read the Bible and then read it with this excitement. God made Adam and Eve in the image of God. As him, a super supreme person, a higher being, okay, than just the human being. How could a human have the same title as the Almighty? Elohim is not God's personal name. It is actually one of his title or description. So one of the description of God is of, of Yahweh is Elohim, creator. Okay? But anyone who, who consider themselves, that's why we can say you worship this God, you worship the sun God, the moon God, the tree God. That means something that is an existence of a being that is greater than the normal human being is the word God. You understand? God's individual name is actually Yahweh and anyone who has strength and has, is in a position of authority can be called Eloha. So we're going to come to this very interesting aspect called incarnation. Have you, everyone heard the meaning, the word incarnation before? So what comes to you when you think of incarnation? <laughs> the Buddhist type die already, become another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's why you see, we uh, it's in is in the whole humanity. They want incarnation. Human being crave incarnation. What what is basically incarnation? Okay, that's why in the the Buddhist or Chinese culture and all that they say you die. You won't really die. You die, you can re, you know, reincarnation. You can come back. But this time you may come back as a pig, <laughs> as a donkey, okay, or as an elephant. Uh, uh, no. uh, okay. <laughs> Why suddenly Elsa do like that? <laughs> okay, so this is what the world crave for. Okay, first let's see what is the meaning of uh, dictionary meaning of incarnation. It's a person who embodies in the flesh a deity, a spirit, a deity, spirit, or quality. Okay, so you are this body, right? This flesh. And then if you have incarnation, that means inside this body, there is a deity. Deity speak about divine. Right? That means divine just means a higher being that we call God, right? Or a spirit. Then or but in Christian theology, it is the embodiment of God the Son in human flesh as Jesus Christ. So Jesus came, born in human flesh, and then God is inside. He is God. So that is actually incarnation. If you talk about the real incarnation, it's in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read to you a little bit, extract some pages, which I put into slides, of this book by E.W. Kenyon. As I said, all the main preachers, the faith preachers, including MCC pastor, <laughs> all quote from E.W. Kenyon. He was uh, before all the faith teachers of uh, Kenneth Fading, Ken Kenneth Copeland and all that. And all faith teachers teach Pauline revelation. That means the revelation of Paul, of the new creation. So basically, the new creation, Paul's writings, Maybe a lot of people couldn't understand. But God used this man, E.W. Kenyon, to write out uh, but in very 
legal way, legal terms, because our whole redemption is very legal. So when you when we read this, he only read he only wrote a few books, maybe about ten, and I read all of them. When first time that this whole revelation of the new creation struck me was when I was handed the book called New Creation Realities by E. W. Kenyon during ministry uh, after married as, as a pastor's wife. I was still feeling like you know you have the heart to serve God, but no power, no ability, no really understanding. Read the Bible, yes. Don't realize, cannot feel the power coming out. And that's when I was given this book. And the first page I read, my whole spirit jumped up. I can still remember that day, sitting on the bed in the night. And I turned the pages of this book. And I discovered the spirit man. <laughs> the spirit man. <laughs> Our spirit man. How powerful it is. So later on, he's, he's a teacher. All right, and he lived until also about 80 something to 90. And the, the way he died was he also, you know, because it was all about faith, it was bringing out the whole, whole plan of redemption. And when he went to be with the Lord, he was sitting on his armchair. He saw the daughter came in, saw, eh, the father saw Jesus and time to go. Ah, oh, see, that means what he wrote, he lived it. Yeah, and that's why his writings today are quoted by all the, 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 the men and women of God, very famous one. And basically he called the he called his writings Pauline Revelations. Pauline means Apostle Paul. Okay, all the revelations from Apostle Paul. So this is the most simple one, but again, I don't know. I that in my early ministry, I got my people to read, but they cannot understand. <laughs> Even a lawyer couldn't understand it, right? Uh, who was one of my uh, members. So it really, God's word needs to be understood by revelation, all right? Your spirit. It's not by whether we are lawyer, we are professor, you read all this, can understand. Same as the Bible. But once you get it, so actually I can teach it book by book, but sometimes, and then this one got questions at the back. So this book is called The Father and His Family. It also means uh, uh, the plan of redemption. But don't just go and read the book and you never read your Bible yet. <laughs> okay. Ah, we got men like it. Huh? Oh, I got book. Huh? Go buy. Everybody buy book one. Buy the book, put it inside the library and then read a few pages and that's it. Don't do that. Okay. If not, I will not tell you about books anymore. Okay. Don't just buy the book. And then forget your own devotion and all that. Get to know Jesus in the Bible first. But this one I explained to you. In fact, you will find it a bit hard also because it's written in very deep English. So let me, one of the, the things he covered was incarnation. So he's, you will actually, uh, like Joseph Prince and all that, they will tell you, right? I'll quote it from here. A lot of the things about uh, uh, the liability of a uh, uh, man God took God sent Jesus to die and took assume back the liability because people said, Lord, you created Adam and Eve. Now we all sin, so you are responsible. All right. So he brought out the legal exactly actually is in the Bible. How God assumed that responsibility, how the justice of God, that man has to be punished, all right, at the cross. So why the, the, the law of double jeopardy all inside E.W. Kenyon. 
a few books. In fact, it's like a Bible, Bible course already. They have the basic Bible course inside and also the uh, advanced Bible course. But what you are learning here is a lot also from here already that I've been teaching you. Okay, so about just an extract about incarnation. Incarnation means, this is all writing by E.W. Kandian, yeah? a few pages, that deity has become united with humanity in an individual. Okay, if you read yourself, most probably you'll go to sleep. <laughs> okay, it's just like reading a law book. Incarnation means that deity has become united with humanity in an individual. You understand? So just now I explained already. Deity is a, a more higher being, okay, that we call God. And humanity is you, you and me, man, on our level of man, fallen man or even not fallen, but men, uh, in a person. Jesus was not generated after the common laws of nature, meaning that Jesus didn't come by the normal law of husband and wife having intercourse and then they give birth to a baby, correct? Because Jesus was born by Holy Spirit with men, uh, without man's seed. That means didn't come from Adam. Okay, but use a woman to have the womb for him to be conceived and then come out. But his seed is from heaven. So he was not generated. That's the word. Because these are very big words. Okay, Not by the common laws of nature. So you understand what is the meaning of common law of nature. Huh? It doesn't mean law number one, law number two. Okay? It just means that reproduction in the natural comes from a man and a woman having sex or having intercourse and then a baby comes out. And that way you will partake, the baby will partake of the genes or the nature of the father. And then you trace back father, 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 grandfather, you will trace back to Adam. Okay, so Jesus was not generated that way. Okay. The word became flesh, John 1 verse 14, and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So here is how Jesus came into this world. Not from a human father, a human man, and a human woman. He was the word of God and he became flesh. All right, became a baby, having to exactly look like a human being. And he dwelt among us. Okay, and we saw the glory. We saw Jesus is different from the normal child, the normal you and me. He had the glory of the father. The glory means the magnificence, right? He lived a life totally different. He was always in control of everything. There was no fear. There was no sin in him. He overcame all temptations. He proved that he was not the son of Adam, but he was the son of the father, the creator, okay? Of true reality. The incarnation is the most striking miracle of creation. Yet, from heaven's point of view and man's need, it is inevitable. The teaching of incarnation is not out of harmony with human desire or tradition. It has been believed in all in by all tribes and people in some form. The universal man has craved incarnation. This is proved by man's drinking blood and by cannibalism, 
by the naming of his kings after the titles of his deities and by the universal reverence of the thing offered on the altars of the gods. You can see incarnation, all right, throughout history, or even maybe, uh, I mean, the craving man's universal man. I'm sure you heard this term, right, from all your pastors, <laughs> because it comes from E.W. Kenyon. Okay, it really covers beautifully, you know, the whole of creation, man, and everything, and then bring you back to the word of God, all Bible based. All the tribes, all right, why they want incarnation? They all do drinking blood, right? So if I drink the blood of someone greater than me, of an animal blood, have you seen, you know, in the tracks and all that? Why you drink, uh, what kind of blood today? You just snake blood, uh, <laughs> what blood? To cure sickness or to be tiger blood, become uh, or tiger meat or whatever, to become strong like a tiger. That's a, a belief or concept, you can say, of incarnation. Right, they in order to become like that thing or that that being, you drink the blood because life is in the blood. That's why when we have communion, why Jesus told this in John chapter six to the disciples: "Except a man drink of my blood and eat of my body, they have no part in me." Right, it symbolized that we become one. Right, when we drink the blood of Jesus, symbolized by the cup and the bread, and eat of his bread. We become one with him. His power is inside us. That's why we don't realize who Jesus is. He is El. He is God, supreme. And when you take that blood and you drink it, you're saying his blood is flowing through you now. You have been like him, having his power and his ability as well. Besides just receiving the blessings, we become like him. He lives in us. It signifies that. And this is what, the world wants to do, right? They want to be incarnated, <laughs> to become God, to become stronger. They are weak in their flesh, so they drink tiger blood, tiger, 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 whatever it is. All right, to become like that, okay? To be a deity, to be more divine. Incarnation is supernatural, but all people believe in the supernatural. So some people say, I don't believe and why they do all these things. Okay, The incarnation is the only solution of the human problem. Since the fall of man, the human has steadily been sinking lower and lower intellectually, morally and spiritually. And the only hope is for deity's union with humanity to bring, back, bring man back to his lost state. So you can now see the plan of redemption. Very clear. Okay. Man, after Adam sinned, disobeyed God, man became no more the power of God, no more having the authority. They were made in the image of God, right? They lost all that. They lost the dominion. Dominion means power, means authority. No more. They were supposed to be like God. Then, but because they were original state was like that, man, even in their fallen state, craved incarnation. They craved to be like God again. Okay, they want to be like God, a craving, because it was actually inbuilt them, but they just lost it. So how? The solution for man, right? Man sinking into, uh, no, not so intellectual anymore, not so smart anymore, no more moral, sin came in, immoral. 
knows definitely not spiritual as in to God, but spiritual still, they can still live in the realm. That's why you have bomos, mediums and all that, right from day one, all right? To, to, to mix blood and then they do, do covenant between two tribes. Those days were tribes, that's why they had this covenant thing. You drink, my, I, I, we cut blood, put into a cup, mix the blood, we become blood brothers. Yeah, got all to do with the blood, right? So it's like your character become my character, my character become your character, like that. Immerse into one. That's incarnation, all right? A greater power. So if you make a covenant with the, the chief of that tribe, they will protect you if you have to do the blood thing, right? He also, E.W. Kennedy also wrote a, a very thin book on uh, uh, communion, all right? And it talks about this covenant blood thing. Very interesting. Same, you know, but that has the, the revelation inside yeah, that we are just not normal human being when we partake of the communion. There's a power inside that. All right. So the hope for man to be reinstated. Man was created like God, having power and authority, and then fell because of Adam's disobedience. And then in their own way, they tried to, people say, reach God. Actually, it's not reach God. They are trying to be like God again. To have back that power that was lost, all right, to sin, to get back. And that was the only one. So that's why they know there is a God. How to get God to come back into them and they begin to live like God again. That's why God then created all the religion and why Satan is called the small God of this world. Also called El. But it's the small one, small letter. Incarnation should be desired by every sane man when he understands it. It offers to humanity a hope. Without it, man is hopeless. Because man has limited power, has limited authority. So in order to solve all the solutions of this earth, of mankind, uh, all the sin that has been committed because man is in fallen state, how to solve it? If only man can become like a god can overcome uh, the killing instinct, can overcome the jealousy, right? Can, over, can become very kind and loving, unconditional. Then this world won't be like, you know, fighting each other. There won't be wars, isn't it? So how? Have deity inside. So we turn to religion, follow uh, certain uh, aspect, how to live your life, be kind, don't be cruel, don't kill the animal, don't kill the ant. <laughs> so they went into extreme okay of what is behind it behind it is the one to be god to rule to reign again that which was lost the authority and power that was lost all right when adam gave that away every false religion that denies the incarnation of jesus of nazareth has attempted to provide a theory of universal incarnation in order to stimulate a higher moral and spiritual life. Okay, so this is where I think the new age movement today has come in. Okay, that every one of you are gods already, which is just now you saw the one verse taken from the Bible, right? And now you're all incarnated. Every one of you have a god inside you. So in the world, they use this to stimulate uh, motivation. You can do, you know, if you decide to do, so just cut short of one word that God is living inside you. So-called a higher being. 
higher ability. So they want to tap into that higher ability by re uh, renewing your mind. <laughs> okay, that you are not uh, 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 outcast. You are not uh, what you're, you're born from your family. Cut off all those ties. If you think you can do it, you can do it. You're a successful person. You are strong. So all that are all part of motivation. Actually, behind it is that you can be a god. Because the fallen human being cannot do all those things. Ma. They don't, they're not so strong, not so determined. Right? Don't have authority, so weak, so scared, everything scared of people, no confidence, fear. That means you, you are the human being that is low already, brought down. So the, the devil uses the, this craving of being a god, put it inside certain men. That's why at the end you have an antichrist, right? Who will behave like Christ, like a god to the world. And tell now today, in all this motivation of men without God, they're telling, trying to bring up all these low people, low-minded, low self-esteem, to bring them up to become higher, a higher being. And therefore, they will become strong and authoritative. That's why they rule the corporate world. The CEOs are all those people who are like God like that. <laughs> they got authority. And then you work for the, the Christian, work for the CEO. I'm not saying you cannot work. Uh, but the whole attitude there, the whole mental is that I don't have the authority, I don't have the power that this man has. Yeah, because they are behaving like God. Whereas the real, real children of God are being suppressed. To think that they are nobodies, to think they are not good enough. Okay, to, and they have to build their self-esteem. Okay, so this is what happened in the world as a result of sin to humanity. So the answer is incarnation. It's not reincarnation. Reincarnation is the combat become a two account. <laughs> okay. Incarnation is God come and live inside a human body. Okay. <clears throat> so with all this, you can live the, the human way to lift up the moral. Theosophy tries to make us believe that all men have the nature of deity. Ah, this is all uh, wrong teaching, okay? The same thing is helped by practically all our other modern liberal theological teachers and preachers. Yes, we had it, but lost it. That's why the serpent tempted Eve to go for the knowledge the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, so that they can be like God. So he says, when they are already created in the image of God. The same devil is doing the same thing. Build yourself in the knowledge of this world. You are God. You're L. Okay? The small G. You have supernatural power inside you. If you choose to, you exercise your will. So it's all about, and you gain a lot of knowledge, knowledge of good and evil, right? Study, 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 become professor, then PhD, whatever, whatever subject. Study until <laughs> you become God. <laughs> okay? That 
so that the so-called spark of divinity dwells in all men, that the new birth is simply the awakening and the blowing into a flame of this spark of divinity. If man had a spark of deity or any part of deity abiding in him, then man was already God incarnate. So this is not the truth. This is a lie. Right? After fall, man could never become like God again. They were cast out of the Eden of the garden because they were in a fallen state. And in that state, they cannot partake of the tree of life. Otherwise, they will become, what is that? Heckle and giant. High and jackal. <laughs> yeah, this is actually written by E.W. Kenyon. And you will see it preached before. Okay, so this is what happens. The dual nature. So man does not have dual nature of God and man. If, if God didn't chase, put an angel with a sword for, uh, uh, for Adam and Eve not to, you know, not able to access the tree of uh, life, this will, will have happened. And probably met, God have to destroy this creation. That means there's a hacker and jack. Uh, ja what is that? Hide and jackal. <laughs> you all know hide and jackal or not? Okay. That is created by Hollywood. You see, all these are created by men who have craved incarnation, dual nature, got sin nature, and then got good nature. And the devil use it. So sometimes it also happens in people who are possessed, right? Why they have split personality. God never intended anyone to have split personality. <laughs> they only to have one nature. All right, born again, the nature of God. So all this split personality, split nature, all is from the devil. And it already existed a long time ago. Okay, so this is not true. The one God living inside or the good God. Then at the same time, there's a satanic nature inside. Jesus didn't come to give us two natures. That means, oh, I have an old nature, Adamic nature. And then now I have uh, born again, I have God's nature. So inside I've got two. No, you only have one. So, But the problem is because we didn't, have the revelation through the word or didn't understand, we begin to live as if we have two. I sometimes good, I sometimes bad. Then one day I condemn myself, the next day I on top of the world. This is not. So to understand and revelation will bring you into really live the one nature, which is the nature of God inside us. Okay? So, in, we know that this theory is fallacious for humanity has experimentally proven it false. You can see how he writes, right? <laughs> the entire New Testament contradicts it. If we accept any of the Bible, we must accept it all. The incarnation of Jesus of Nazareth is no more difficult to believe nor to understand than the creation of the first man or the birth of a child. It's actually not difficult, but uh, Satan has made it like, wow. It's a very difficult thing to understand, right? It's basically just God in man. If God is almighty, he has power to beget a child in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Okay, so those atheists who say that, oh, there's no such thing and all that. Why? Because they don't realize that God is almighty, Elohim, El Shaddai. That means El is God, Shaddai is almighty. So until we see God is almighty, then we will, very hard to believe, right? Is the virgin birth real? Once we realize God is almighty, of course, it can be done because he's God. 
He had power to be begat. This is the old English. All right, a child in the womb of Virgin Mary. If Jesus was incarnate, man and God had become united. He write like that if it's because he's uh, uh, arguing a point. Okay, like a lawyer like that. Man and God can become united. God can dwell in these human bodies of ours. God can impart his own life and nature to our spirits. And we may have God's life in these human bodies. All right? Because Jesus was the first incarnation. Right? God, deity, coming to live in form of human back. But not in the one that is already seen. He came a new one. Okay? But having the physical body like us. So if Jesus is the incarnation, then we all have hope because now he's alive, he can now live inside our bodies and we all have God living inside us. If we do, not, if we do receive eternal life of our, for our spirits, then we, are we have positive assurance that these bodies will become immortal at the return of the Lord Jesus. A new body, yeah. okay, that we will have when Jesus comes. We cannot conceive of any man desiring to doubt the incarnation as it offers the only solution of life's mystery. It gives the reason for man's being. It makes life with its burdens, sorrows, and grief which culminate in death tolerable. It throws light upon this human problem that can come from no other source. Right? That's why you know why Hollywood make Wonder Woman, uh, Spider-Man, all that. It's a part of incarnation like that. This, this supernatural being called Spider-Man uh, Spider or Superman is human being, but has higher power inside. This is what is happening, right? The answer to man's problem. So when there's a problem, Superman will come. <laughs> so what happened? Superman already came. The only real Superman is Jesus Christ. Right? the son of God who came to be to live to in a uh, to live in man's body and all these problems sorrows burdens so when we have the problems of this world do you realize you have Superman inside already <laughs> Jesus no need to look for solution outside from the world we have the God Almighty inside in the Bible inside our inside us Holy Spirit God Jesus is the real Superman the real incarnation, and now he lives inside you. Every one of you already has the solution for all life's problems. Don't look for solution outside. The world give you the false one. Jesus gives you the truth. It's the only truth, the way, the truth, the reality, and the life. The incarnation has been the craving of universal man, and if Jesus of Nazareth was incarnate, the universal cry has found its answer in Christianity. That's why you can go boldly and share the gospel because everyone actually is looking for a God, a supernatural power to overcome their problems, to overcome their fear of lack, their fear of death, their fear of dying. Right? So who has the answer? You and me, the believers. The answer is in Christianity, in Christ. Why are you so scared to tell people about Jesus when he is El Shaddai, 
he is incarnate God. If they talk about incarnation, you can tell them. The real incarnation is Jesus Christ, God coming down in the form of man. Incarnation is the basic miracle of Christianity. It proves the pre-existence of Christ and is the foundation and reason for all subsequent miraculous manifestations of divine power. How can Jesus execute those divine power over the laws of nature? The storm, he still, the waves, the sea have to listen to him. The fish listen to him. The laws of nature, human being, demons have to listen to him. Because he's God Almighty in man. That's why he's called Son of God and Son of Man. Fully God and fully man. Man's condition demands an incarnation. They understand why Jesus had to come and born as a baby and take human form because of the condition of man. God had to reinstate man in such a way that man will not feel inferior to the devil. If God just did, Jesus didn't come, didn't become incarnate. What will happen is, again, God said, okay, I forgive all your sin, Hannah. Just like that. Jesus didn't die for you. God being a good God. And then the devil come to you. You will feel inferior to the devil because he will tell you, do you know you were forgiven? Not legally. Yeah, Because God just softened his heart, softened his heart and forgive you. Why it has to be done legally? We'll repeat all this again. I've spoken before. Why has to be redemption is legal that you can, Rebecca, stand up straight, hold your head high and say that I am a new creation. I have been redeemed and not feel inferior anymore to the, to, to the devil's lies. Because your redemption, your salvation in the universal court, God's universal law court or court of law is legal. Because Adam gave the authority and the power that he had as God's under ruler, he gave it to Satan when he ate that fruit that he was told not to eat. So it was not Satan, you know, uh, took it from him. He gave it. And because of that, whole creation, whole uh, humanity came under the power of the devil. It's like you are Elijah, you, your father owns a huge corporation and he put you to, he opened a subsidiary, a branch, and he put you as the CEO of that branch. And that there's an enemy and a competitor, okay, who wants to bring down your company or rather your father's company because you are just the son. He cannot hurt your father because your father is too great. It's a big already. Then the only thing he can hurt the father is by attacking the son, <laughs> attacking Elijah. <laughs> okay, so when he brings Elijah down, that's the way he hurt the father. That's why uh, this book, E.W. Cannon, is called The Father and His Family. Our Heavenly Father and all of us, his family. And how did Satan hurt God? He cannot fight God. He destroyed his under, under ruler, trick. Trick actually tricked uh, Eve, but not Adam. Adam, because I, for whatever reason, not written the Bible, he listened to Eve and then he disobeyed God. That authority, he gave it willingly to the devil. So that's how the devil, in a way, got, got, got ready. So in the 
God is a God of love and he's a, a just God. You all need to really understand this. Otherwise, you will always be uh, insecure, inferior, not confident in your, in your salvation or your redemption. And when you speak to people, you don't speak with confidence. Okay, and you see the devil, you're also scared. <laughs> Why? Because you're not sure of your redemption that is legal. So God is very legal, right? That's why you have the Ten Commandments and all that. The devil now, because Jesus came, uh, okay, yes, man can accuse God, right? Of saying that you created Adam, now Adam sinned, and then we all have to suffer. We all have to go to hell because of one man's sin. So how does God justify himself? And without being unjust to the devil. You all listen carefully. Huh? Maybe one day I will ask you all to share this, huh? especially the service. <laughs> then you all don't eat it. Ah, ah, okay? <laughs> so, okay? so that means the devil can come to, if God simply just forgive, then he'll say, wait, where can? Right? That means you are not just. A judge has to be just, right? Has to be fair and just. That's why he called a judge. He has to look at both sides and be fair to both sides. There is always the defender and the accuser or the prosecutor. Then, now, Jesus, God said, okay, I cannot just simply forgive man's sin and let Elsa go heaven. <laughs> just like that. Okay, even though she looked cute and nice and I'm full of love. Okay, but because that right was given, was taken by uh, Satan through willing by Adam. Now I have to find a way whereby Elsa can be justified without feeling low or ashamed. So God himself had a meeting and he sent Jesus come down to become man. All right. And therefore he had to take the punishment of sin because one God, God is God, right? So great. He has his laws and everything. And one of his laws is that whatever sin shall die. Isn't it? He already told Adam, if you sin, you will die. You will surely die. So he cannot go across it. And then Adam sinned and then he said, no need to die. Lah. Kasian Adam. <laughs> Kasian Elsa, Anna and all that, the future generation. No, it cannot. Because his law says, whoever sinned must die. That's why in the New Testament, we have for the wages of sin is death. Thank God for the but. But, but the gift of God is eternal life. So in the justice of God, he has to punish sin. In the love of God, he wants to save man. So he sent Jesus, punish your sin and my sin in the body of Jesus. Then he already justified the claims of justice. Okay, so justice demands that someone must pay for the sin. Either you yourself or the human being pay for their own sin or someone. And no one has the, is qualified to take that, 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 uh, that substitute, to be the, 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 the substitute, the sin to be punished, except Jesus, because he didn't sin. So a sinful man cannot die for another sinful man. 
So Jesus came down as the son of God. That's why on the cross, he didn't call upon his millions of angels to come and save him because of you and me. He, not only because of you and me, because he has, to just, he has to satisfy the claims of justice of the federal court of heaven where man, whoever sinned, must die. So he took your sin and my sin and he died and was punished. Then, because he's God, he can, he can rise from the dead. And today at the right hand of the Father, and whoever believes in him now can go free. So if you, Hannah, all right, stand in the presence of God, and then God said, Your sins are forgiven you. And the devil said, I object. Then Jesus come. Because he object, why? Because he said, God, your word or your law says that whoever sin must die. The wages of sin is death. And then, what did God say? Yes. Her sin has been paid for. Someone paid for it. Jesus Christ. And because I, Jesus, paid for it, now, the law of double jeopardy. Okay, I've said that many times before. In the court of law, a crime cannot be punished twice. Okay? So, already punished Jesus, so cannot punish Hannah because she believed in Jesus, what Jesus had done for her. So the devil had to shut up. That's why righteousness is the ability to stand before God and before the devil without fear, without condemnation, without guilt, without shame. If Jesus didn't legally restore us, okay, by taking the punishment that we're supposed to take, we will feel ashamed because it's a not legal way. God's law was not fulfilled. My sin was not punished. I was not punished. And then I escaped like, you know. Uh, so we all didn't escape like that. We actually went through God's law that we had to die. But the only thing is, we didn't. Jesus did it for us. So now you can hold your head up high. When the devil said, you are not worthy. I'm worthy. But the thing is, we are not worthy because of our own righteousness, of our own goodness, or we deserve it, but because Jesus died for us. That's what grace is. If you can understand this, you will forever serve the Lord. Because if it's not for Jesus dying on the cross today, not only about going to heaven, we will not live with that authority. We will not live with that head held high. And it's all based on his righteousness. He gave us that right standing, which we don't have. So there's nothing to boast about anymore, about how good I was or all of that. Nothing. Because all that we did, if Jesus didn't pay for my sin, we will have to bow down to the devil. Because the devil will have the upper hand in your life. But because of what Jesus did, you now have the upper hand over the devil. Legally, they're acquitted. And therefore, you go free and set others free. This is what is the plan of redemption. This is what happened in redemption. That why today, as the righteousness of God, you don't have to be ashamed. Because actually, you were legally punished, but not you. So we die with him. What a beautiful way to redeem man. What a beautiful plan. The incarnation 
of deity with humanity will provide a substitute of deity and humanity united on such a ground that the incarnate one can stand as man's mediator. So this is another legal term. <clears throat> the, in, the one in between. We cannot go back to God. We need a mediator because of sin. Man cannot go back to that state all right, of uh, uh, dignity or righteousness or right standing. So they have someone to mediate, which is Jesus. Being equal with God on the one hand and united with man on the other, he can bring the two together. See, only a God-man can save us. And that is incarnation. And that is in Jesus. Again, being deity and humanity united, he can assume the obligations of human treason. <laughs> Satisfy the claims of justice. Oh, I love all these terms. And thereby bridge the chasm between God and man. The obligations of human treason. What is that? Adam committed treason or high treason in the Garden of Eden. You know what's high treason? He betrayed God. His soul sold his right off to the devil. Right? Remember the, uh, the, the, the uh, example I gave? Right? Elijah, you are the son of the big conglomerate owner. And then you sell off. <laughs> sell off the shares to the enemy thinking your father don't know <laughs> so that is betrayal right betrayal so Adam betrayed committed high treason so for new young people today they may not understand the meaning of treason treason is betrayal we betrayed Adam betrayed God's and trusting him with the rulership of this universe, with this earth. And in the same way, we all also, in Adam, we all sin. In Adam, in Adam we all also betrayed God. And we went after other gods because you are punished for your own sin, not Adam's sin. And then, so now, look at this. Jesus, right, has satisfied the claims of justice. Okay, you understand? Claims of justice. Means what? That means justice demands that man who sinned, the, the sinner man, pay for his sin. Okay? So now, Jesus Christ has satisfied that claim. By him absorbing that sin upon your sin and my sin, man's sin, and paying the punishment for that sin. So, in the, the judge satisfied. And now can legally let anyone who believe in Jesus as their sin substitute go free. Without guilt, without condemnation, without shame, without inferiority. And therefore, man can now be one with God again. Genesis 3.15 is God's first promise of incarnation. It is given in his conversation with Satan just after the fall. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Okay? So, when after Adam sinned, God already set, a, set uh, 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 the, what do you call it? In, in, in place, incarnation, which is Jesus, God, deity, has to come down. 
And he said, I put between enemy, between you, Satan, and the woman, not the man, between thy seed and her seed. That means Jesus coming. He shall bruise thy head and you shall bruise his heel. Bruise the head. Which one is more authority, right? The head. So Jesus will bruise the serpent's head. <clears throat> Let's look at this. First, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. That is, there will be an enmity, enemy, yeah? between Satan and the woman. And this has been proved by human history, uh, woman's history. She has been the subject, the special subject of satanic hatred and malice in all ages. She was born the brunt. She has borne the brunt of the fall. She has been the burden bearer among all people. She has been bought and sold as common chattel. So you can see that in India and all the other, uh, especially third world countries, where woman is nothing but an object. In India today, she's not worth as much as a cow in the open market. And China also, right? If you're born a baby girl, they kill the, the baby. Only when where Christianity has reached the hearts of a country, the woman has ever received any treatment that will lift her above the brute creation. Especially we all women. Aren't we grateful to Jesus? He was the one, Jesus Christ, is the one who gave you back your dignity as a woman. Because of that, right? The enmity between the serpent and the woman. She is unwanted at birth, right? You can see in China. The plating of man's passions, yeah, in the uh, marrying the, in India and all that, right? What do they call it? Child marriage. Huh? Yeah. So much abuse of woman by man. You can see that it was already in the Garden of Eden that was already set up by God. That was the result of the fall. The neglected, the outcast, the sufferer, and in Christian countries, she's the heir of our diseases and the victim of the divorce court. Look at how wonderful God has reinstated you, especially women. When I first read this, wow, I, I said, Lord, I'm so thankful, you know, as a woman, that God gave me back the right, you know, same status. Give us back our dignity. Doctors tell us that 95% of all the hospital cases are of the woman. 22% of the married women of this country suffer uh, on account. This is a, a, a earlier statistics, 19 something earlier. Suffer on account of their husbands being sold, having sold wild oats. And sowing wild oats means sowing our manhood for Satan's weeping. Right? So how, how much women have suffered? The men go out and do all the nonsense and then the women get all the diseases. That's all the result of sin. I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. Satan's seed is the unregenerate human race. Woman's seed is Christ. Christ was hunted from his babyhood by Satan's seed until finally they nailed him to the cross. And from the resurrection of Jesus until this day, the church has been the subject of the bitterest persecution and enmity of the world. Second, I want you to notice that remarkable term, the seed of the woman. We know that the woman has no seed. The seed is of the man. Therefore, what can this mean? It is a prophecy that woman shall give birth to a child independent of natural generation, 
that it shall be called the seed of the woman. So it was already prophesied that Jesus Christ, right, came to Virgin Mary. So beautiful, right? So did, didn't partake, Jesus didn't partake of the sin of Adam because it's not from the seed of man. And God reinstated women's dignity. This is not a Hebraism for the term, does not occur anywhere else through the entire Hebrew scriptures. This is a direct statement of fact that there shall be a seed of woman and that seed, Paul tells us, is Christ. So you can understand from all this that it's all about Paul's revelation. When God called Paul up, took Paul up to the third heaven for uh, 14 for years, right? And gave him all this revelation from creation until the new creation, all this redemption. It was given in the new creation. That's why I told you all, our new creation status is from uh, after Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, which is all about Jesus' life. So God has a purpose for us to see only Christ and how he, who he is and how he lived. Then from Acts onwards, it's about the new creation already. Our redemption. That's why it's called. Uh, that's why uh, JP's church is called new creation. <laughs> all, all the revelation start from E.W. Kenyon. He gave this very complete revelation of the plan of redemption, the father and his family, and everything about the new creation. He shall bruise thy head, and that's the head of Satan. And in all oriental languages, bruising the head means breaking the lordship of a ruler. So Satan is no longer lord. He's no longer ruler. When we accept Christ and we say, I accept you as savior and lord, we have a new lord. The new ruler, which is Jesus Christ, has now become our master. That's why we listen to Jesus and not to the devil anymore, not to all the past, our lives. He has bruised his head. When Jesus has defeated the devil, that means he took over his, stripped him. No more. Is The devil is only ruler over the unbelievers, over this world, and his rulership is going to come to an end. That's why when Jesus came, Jesus said, the God of this world, right? Satan, small g. And the God of this world has got nothing, no claims in this life. Today, does the devil have any claim in our life? No. If you don't let him, you let him, he will come in. You start believing his lies and not knowing the truth, then he will come in. Give you sickness, give you pain, give you lack, give you fear. But actually, your redemption has complete. That's why Jesus said, it is finished when he cried on the cross. The claims of justice have been met. Now you legally go free uh, because Satan's head has been bruised. He's no more the ruler. Satan has just come into his dominion. He has the dominion that God gave to man. He is going to exercise this dominion without any interruption under, until this wonderful seed of woman comes who is going to break his lordship. You understand? So when Adam sinned, Satan thought, ah, I got it. I got God's under ruler already. God sent this Adam. <laughs> now Adam bow down to me. Okay, like, like the example, right? The son, today we have all these sons, very terrible sons, right? <laughs> the father worked so hard and then gave to the son, the son destroyed everything. Okay, but, or betrayed, commit high treason. And then he thought, okay, now, the devil said, I can now put sickness on Elisha. I can put sickness on Sarah. I can, you know, put lack on uh, Rebecca and all that. All the fear I can put on everybody because he is the ruler. 
He took over the dominion. Adam was supposed to have the dominion given over to Satan. Now Satan got it. So now he put sickness over everybody. Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore, all the human beings. Until, until Jesus came. The seed of the woman came because it was prophesied in Genesis 3 in the garden. When the seed of the woman come, he will bruise your head. He will bruise his heel. He will bruise your head. The authority. So that's what Jesus did. The seed of the woman came. Jesus came. And at the cross, he defeated the devil. He bruised the head. That means the rulership, the authority. The devil has no authority over the new creation unless we give him and listen to his lies. He has no authority, no power. Okay? The L for authority and power no more. Jesus came and over, over, defeated, broke the lordship. So the believer do not have to be afraid of Satan or the devil or all the things in this world, the bad news and all that. No, because you have Jesus as your head. And Jesus is the head of the whole universe. You can read in Colossians all that. Today, he has been exalted to the highest place at the right hand of the Father. He is God Almighty seated there and he rules. He rules over Cambodia. He rules over Malaysia. You can see a time. Of course, there's a timing of God. Yeah? Don't care what men do. At the end, with the Christians will pray, covenant prayer, right? God will set up the leaders. It's in the Bible. The leadership for us is not to join in the politics <laughs> and say who is good. Who. Don't fight into a politics unless God made you a politician. If not, your work and my work is to expand the kingdom of God. Preach the gospel and learn what Jesus said. Submit to the master, our Lord. Learn his ways. Learn the kingdom realm. This is a remarkable prophecy and how clearly it found fulfillment. First, in Jesus' bitter persecution, which finds its culmination in his, death at the, in his death at the cross, and then in the persecution of the church, which is the body of Christ, and which is carrying out the will of Christ on the earth. If a church is not persecuted, <laughs> then it's not living in the book of Acts, right? Living in its destiny, in its fulfillment. If you have no persecution because you didn't go and preach the gospel, <laughs> see, we are living, following the world. Satan has somehow taken over the mind, telling you all those lies that you're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. But when we get up oh, and rise up and know that we have been legally justified and now our saviour and our master is Jesus Christ who has lordship over the devil, the devil recognize it christians not yet recognize <laughs> very sad right the devils know that jesus is son of god that jesus has already overcome overcame him two thousand years ago in fact at the garden of eden was prophesied right the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent and then today is for believers to know that that the one who is in you greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world yeah and how do we get that Faith, believe, not only on Saturday and Sunday <laughs> when you hear the teaching, yeah, by meditating every day. All right, what you have heard, you meditate, you go into the word, and God will give you even more revelation of what you have been taught, right, in the church. 
So then you will go out as flames of fire because you are serving a spiritual kingdom. All right, that is greater than this physical kingdom. No more afraid, no more fear, bold like a lion, turning the world upside down. And what will happen? Jesus said, as they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If there's no persecution, it's like you didn't, you're not doing what Jesus did. The will of Christ on the earth. Because who is against Christ? Antichrist. <laughs> the devil. Okay, the long ages of persecution of the church by the seed of Satan is today merely a matter of history. The heel is the church in its earth walk. And this is quite interesting, all right? How does he bruise the heel of the, of the church, of Jesus? The church. The church today is, in many parts, is so weak. Maybe only the pastor is strong. <laughs> the rest is like... Yeah. Barely surviving. <laughs> right? The heel. The church is trying to bruise, but no more. I believe the grace of God, the goodness of God, raising up men and women of God who will rise to their position in Christ as real sons and daughters has been legally justified by faith, by Jesus, and rise up and no more be the the one that is swayed to and fro and still living like the unbeliever, worried about the things of this world, then see, the devil cannot attack Jesus anymore. <laughs> right now. He cannot even stand in the go to heaven and stand in the presence of God and accuse anymore. He has been defeated. So who can he do? Can, can cause some more havoc before his time comes to an end? which is the second coming, all right? The, the beginning, this is the sixth day. Then you have the last, Jesus come. Then the devil will have, he knows his time is going to end. So who he attacked? The church, the believers. Supposed to be believers, but don't know what they believe. <laughs> so today you're not like that, okay? <laughs> no more believers who don't know what they believe. No more believers behaving like unbelievers, okay? We be believe. By faith, God is El, Elohim, El Shaddai, right? The great and mighty one. And you go and rule and reign in life. Rule over your senses, your body, this one, right? And by the grace of God, go preach the gospel, save souls as Jesus did. The hill is the earth walk. No more let the devil, let your five senses rule you and you walk like a normal human being. You are, have God living inside you. In the 20th verse of the same chapter, the man called his wife Eve because she's the mother of all living. We have new life inside us. The word Eve in Hebrew is Hava, which means living, the mother of life giver. And God tells man that his wife will be the mother of life or the mother of the life giving one. So who is the wife of Jesus today? The church. Right? We are the wife. That's why I teach you all, go take care of your her spiritual husband's children. <laughs> Don't do duty roster only. <laughs> okay. We are married to Christ. We are his wife. And the wife is the mother of life. Like Eve. When God created Adam, he gave him life, Eve, to, to be the mother of life. Are we the mother of life? Outside to everyone? Life, life, you know? Life 
new life, divine life, spiritual life, telling them, and it's life bubbling out of you, joy bubbling out of you. Okay, I'm not talking just about emotions, all right? But the understanding that we are not in this world, but not of this world, we are supernatural spirit being first. That's why we need to feed our spirit man so that we can, spirit man can grow and we can give others life. Not we give, we can be the instrument, all right, to give life to others, give hope to others. Okay? Jesus answered, okay, there's now no more from uh, E.W. Candian, okay? Uh, close the extract. Jesus answered, if I honour myself, my honour is nothing. It is my Father who honours me. I'm going to uh, conclude. Of whom you say he's God, yet you have not known me, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I'll be a liar like you, for I do not know him and keep his word. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham? Uh, look at this. It's to bring out that Jesus is God. All right. Amen. Incarnate. Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and passed by. So Jesus told said to the, the Jews or the Pharisees that before Abraham and the Pharisees take Abraham as their uh, father, right? He says, I am. And what is I am? I am is the name of God. So here I take it in the Jewish Bible because it's in the New, New Testament. It says that I am Anihu. That means I am. And this part is a good, inter, uh, good translation because it says Jesus, they, they took up stones to persecute him. And Jesus was hidden from them and departed. Jesus didn't, in because in most of our English version, he put Jesus went to hide, I think, something like that. I don't believe so, right? But the, it was not his time yet, okay, to, to be uh, persecuted or to go to, to go to the cross. So he, he was hidden. They cannot see him. And God, this is the, the verse that Jesus quoted, or rather he claimed to be. I am... God said to Moses, that's why when you read the Bible, read it this way. God said to Moses means God said to Moses, don't read it like still blur blur. Okay? God said, I am who I am. And you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. That means this is about El Shaddai, right? Almighty, the existing self-existing one. I am. You pay, okay, I'm the Lord. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, they say that he healed on the Sabbath day. That was one of their laws. But said also that God was his father, making himself equal to God. That's why the Pharisees persecuted Jesus. When he claimed to be equal to God, in all the other religions, no one claimed. That's why you, you all listen to Billy Graham. He, pre he preached so powerfully, right? Jesus is God. He is God, right? That's why the Jews want to kill him because he claimed to be God, to be El, E-L, Aleph. <clears throat> and yeah, you can see in the uh, uh, equal to be God means equal in the, the Jewish version. Jewish Bible version, thereby making himself equal to God. Who equal to Elohim? Who is your God? Elisha. 
Elohim, Jesus, God, the all-powerful one, the all-supreme one. When you meditate on this every day, you will be different. <laughs> Not only Saturday, Sunday here, and then you feel, wow, God is so powerful. Then Monday, Tuesday, end up the devil put more thoughts in you already. All the concerns of the world come back into you. Therefore, you've forgotten that who is living inside you. Okay? That's why you need to meditate. Keep on listening either to the sermon again or to having your own uh, read the word more and more. Equal to God. Jesus is equal to God, right? And who is this God? One of the things is not only Aleph, Ox, right? The powerful, the strong, and the one with authority. Oh, all the prophets talk about him. Remember the former things. Isaiah, prophet Isaiah said, oh, oh, I am God. I am God. He is the one that man has been looking for. The power that man has been looking for. That human being, humanity has been looking for. And we have found him in Jesus Christ. And then we still live like a normal human being. <laughs> Very sad, right? Okay, for I am God and there's none else. There's no one else. Well, we sing all those songs. It really means there is no one else. That is God. That is supreme. I am God. I am Elohim. And there is none like me. I'm El. Declaring the end from the beginning. Only this God, the supreme God, the creator God. Okay, in uh, Genesis chapter 1. Only the creator God, your God, huh? Elijah, Elijah, can declare the end from the beginning. That's why we don't need to know what's going to happen in the future. The Bible tells us, God tells us what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen in your life? What has already happened? Who is our Savior? Who is God? Who is Satan? What happened? Oh, the plan of redemption. And that sickness has no more power over you. Yeah, it manifests. We can kill it. We can claim our redemption rights in Christ, our covenant rights by speaking, by meditating, by listening to the truth. And then he is the one who knows everything. He, from beginning, from the end, he already tell you what's the end. What's the ending for your life? Hannah, <laughs> do you know the ending? <laughs> yeah, God knows. All right. Don't listen to the old things. Is it what is for us to live in today? Joy. Last week I talked about that one. Rejoicing. If you have such a powerful being inside you who is the master of your life, who determines your life, are you happy or sad? <laughs> or do you need to see a man with a bank account that says billions of dollars and then you, he's your father, then only you're happy. Do we need to see that? We don't need because that is the physical world. Today, you see the billions tomorrow, the billions, the bank uh, system crash, no more. <laughs> they say, sorry, I don't have. You can sue me, you can bankrupt the bank, all your money is gone. It's going to happen anyway, right? Because uh, Jesus is coming and end, end, end of the end, end of everything is coming. So ours one is the spiritual everlasting kingdom. So based on the word of God, Whatever he say, there is none like him. My counsel shall stand. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. So that's why we need to know his word. What he say, he's El. He's the creator. He is the all-powerful one. He is the one with all authority to shut down the whole system of this world during the pandemic. 
but he didn't do it. <laughs> but it can happen. And you saw it happen, right? Two, three years ago. If God chooses anything, he can kill us all and send us all to hell. He is God. He is the one who created us. But he didn't. My counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. And today, because of Jesus Christ satisfying the claims of justice, of God's eternal justice by dying for you, taking the punishment for you, today we can live a life of pleasure and not pressure. Today we can live a life of dominion over the devil and not the devil. We are not scared of the devil, not uh, and not the other way around. Because God is pleased with the work of Jesus Christ. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed judge my counsel from afar. I've spoken it. I will bring it to pass. Yeah, remember, if you don't know what God say, how, how is it going to come to pass in your life? Even it come to pass as well, you don't know. <laughs> I will bring it to pass. I will purpose it. I will do it. The whole plan of redemption already done. A lot of things already prophesied, already fulfilled. Now it's just the promises to go into the promised land that God wants to fulfill for your life and for the descendants before Jesus come, for the world to come to know Jesus and to live in a life free from sickness, free from fear, free from guilt, free from shame, free from condemnation. Are you going to be one who will bring this good news to the world? Believe it, like what uh, Rachel did last week <laughs> during the service. She, I promised her some things that I will order for her. Now check, come. She went up and testified with so much joy that Pastor has blessed me with all this. Not yet, no, haven't come. Some got that. Some not yet. And God spoke to me so clearly through her. What a beautiful, this is the faith that God is looking for. When we, we got promised, God says, I will supply all your needs. We're already thanking God. We already receive it as if it's ours already and beginning to share, beginning to talk, begin to, you know, act on God's word. Will you believe what God said to you when you read the promise that God said, you will not lack, I will take care of you, you will not die of sickness, you will have, <clears throat> it will prosper, I will take care of you. Will you take it like Rachel, simple faith, childlike, that's what Jesus said, right? Unless you come to the kingdom of God like a child, not childish, but like a child that is believe God. Why he say he promised you already? Why are we still so worried? Why are we still so scared? Okay? Because that's who our God is. But the thing is, we don't know what he said. <laughs> How to go and claim the promise. Okay? And when you know, by meditating, by confessing, by hearing, every day, begin to testify, begin to speak out. Hmm. The meaning of Elohim in Hebrew is the one who is strong and has authority that the word is sometimes used to refer to God and sometimes to human. All right. So remember, it is God, not God's name, right? It is a, a, a one of the identity of God. <clears throat> okay. Aleph, God, these five letters in, in uh, uh, Elohim, Aleph, the strength, God, the oxhead, this person who wrote, who did this uh, graph, use it in connection with Psalms 23, the Lord. All right. So, but the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's quite interesting. So, I'll just share it out with you. But remember, Aleph, the Lord, strength, God. Lamet is my shepherd with authority, is the staff. Don't worry, people bully you. God will 
That's why you say vengeance is mine. I leave it to God. If really I didn't do that wrong, if I did it, I confess my sin. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. But if I didn't and I falsely accuse, who is the one who is your shepherd? Who is the one who will vindicate you? God, you don't have to go and uh, uh, vindicate ourselves. Okay? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He's our shepherd. And then he leads you. Just trust him, follow his ways, follow his word. Hey, grace, behold, with open arms, I shall not want. That means I shall not lack. Okay, also interesting, right? Because it's the grace of God. God said, open your eyes and see how good I am now. Right? Because I want to bless you, Rebecca. I want to bless you, Tiarum. You know, this is a good God, all the open arms. The hey, spirit of God, the grace. Look, look and see the window, right? You, my hand, my words. What is that? He, he leads me beside still waters. Right? God's working for you, not against you. That's what the word of God say. Don't think, I charm law. No. God working for you in Christ, if you only believe, is going to bring you from glory to glory. If you trust him and do what he says, this time the obedience is not out of law. But why I want to please God now that I know who he is. He is the greater one. You, the hand, miraculous hand of God, the fiery hand of God. Ma'am, in Elohim, right? This, that's why this Elohim is greater than us. We don't have all this on our own. Men don't have all this. Only God has. God has Aleph, Lamet, He, Yud, Mem, waters, nations. Remember, he talked to, uh, God talked to Jacob and said that nations will come out from you. Same from for uh, Rebecca. Rebecca is Isaac's wife, right? The mother. <laughs> okay. Water, the word. If you have the flow, the river of God will flow. Blessings after blessings. Why are you the one? The meditate on the promises. Promises are huh? promises. It's not meditating on curses. It's like the king, the one who has all authority, has all dominion, owns this whole universe, says, I want to give to you. Da, 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 da. Then you say, I don't want that. You say, I want that, but I don't know what is it. It's very strange. Right? Actually, it's the deception of the devil, right? To stop the believers from getting into their inheritance. So much inheritance. And last slide. Okay, so listening to all this, it's not, as I said, it will never be exhaustive. Exhaustive. It will not be like full. There will still be more revelation on Elohim or Aleph. So how for this amount of revelation, how does this knowledge or revelation knowledge affect the way you live your life. Incidentally, we all talk about uh, sense knowledge, revelation knowledge, hate knowledge, mental ascent. I'm sure you have heard a lot of all these faith preachers which all come from E.W. Kenyon, these terms. Help us to understand about hate knowledge. It's called mental ascent. That's why the whole, his whole change, change my understanding and revelation of the new creation. So I told Elsa last time, when we started uh, early ministry, I wanted to call my church new creation. 
<laughs> syndrome, uh, mucreation, but, but cannot because the SSM already got many names with mucreation. But then years later, uh, Singapore got it. <laughs> JP got it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Most important is the what we live in the new creation life. Okay. How does this knowledge affect the way you live your life? Okay, so for all of you, you answer these questions. All right, meditate and ponder over it. Okay, don't just listen and then forget. How does this knowledge today you have of the God, Elohim, who lives inside you? How is it going to affect your life? Does it encourage you to know that you are in Christ, a strong one who has authority? First, Christ in you is the strong one. And he has authority over every situation of your life. He is in control of your life, Sarah. It's not that he forgot, you know, accidentally forgot you. Right? But he wants us to come to him by in faith. Believe him and take up that rod of authority and say, I stand by the word of God. I not stand by what I see with my physical eyes or hear. I stand by your word. And how to know what is his word? We need to hear his word more. All right, and meditate. How can you use this God-given power and authority to bless God and build his kingdom? Ah, so when we know, have this knowledge of who God is, this is only one aspect, right? Today, as we will go along, there is so much more. First, we need to know about God. See, men always, Christians always, I want to know about things that affect, you know, what is a peace, what is, all that is fine. First of all, we don't even know who is God inside you first. That's why we start with God. All right, we start with God. Then all these things are actually just come from God. And we begin to live in the peace, in the health, healing, all that also has meaning. But first of all, that don't let the devil rob us of who the revelation of who is living inside you. Who is living inside you, Elsa? Who is living inside you? Pierrome. Yeah, it's the El Shaddai, Almighty God. And then how, how are you going to let this power, God as the Aleph, as the head, Mem, Hey, you. What is the other one? Uh, Lamet. Right? How are you going to let him come out from your life? How are you going to serve him with authority, with power? Oh, I don't want to serve God if there's no power one. Why? Then you're not. You don't have God, right? Because any you serve a man, do they have power? They only have power according to their money. Like how much money they have, they can rule over you. If they are your boss, they pay you, then you have to listen to them. That's the power they have by having their money. But God is not using his money to rule us like that. He gave us his power in Jesus Christ. And he said, Tiarong, go and preach the gospel. All authority is given to me and I give that authority to you to heal the sick, to pray for the sick, to heal, to uh, preach the gospel to the poor, to raise the dead even. That is who God is inside you. Right? Go use the authority just in the name of Jesus because you know God lives inside you, a higher supreme being who created. May that revelation go into everyone here this morning, right? And check, answer all these questions for the service when I meet you on Wednesday. The rest also you can, right? Because I really hate 
knowledge that has not able cannot be applied one. It's like going to waste, you know, wasting time to study. But God's word is powerful. Change your life, Tiarun. Amen. You become a man of God. Hallelujah. Don't let anyone look down on you. Yeah. That you know who God is inside you. But we humble ourselves before God. We have nothing to boast except that God's grace choose us who is nobody to be used by God to preach his gospel, his good news. Amen? Okay. <laughs> Amen, everyone. <laughs> okay. May this revelation change your life, right? At least start beginning to change more and more. And because it's easy now to go into the Hebrew letter alphabets of the word, right? Because you have a little understanding of each alphabet and you can now see the bigger picture and how great your God is. Don't be afraid of the devil anymore. Thank you. And may you all grow, all right, in your spirit. I'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, service for worshipping Elohim, El Shaddai, Almighty God, and listening and being ministered by the Holy Spirit even more and His Word. Okay? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, see you all bye -bye. tomorrow. Thank you, Pastor. Bye-bye. tomorrow, Pastor. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye.